My name is Brian Carpenter. This is Free Association. I'm here with Terry Donahue from Alloy Orchestra. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. Great to be here. Yeah, you bet. So we've got you got a show coming up next week, right? Next weekend at some next weekend. Yes, yeah, Saturday the 26th. Uh, actually, okay. two shows, one night. We're playing two different films: uh, Ziga Vertov's 1929, The Man with the Movie Camera, nice. newly restored. And the the best the best print available in the world, and then uh, at eight o'clock, a French avant-garde film called uh, Le Humaine, the Inhumane Woman. Inhuman yeah, woman. I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. So it's a double feature. It's a double right? feature. Okay. Yeah, you can get uh, individual tickets, or I think it's cheaper if you go to both. I see. Kind Great. of deal. Yeah, through. Uh, World Music Crash Arts sponsors the event, so you can get tickets through them at worldmusic.org or at the Somerville Theater. Okay, great. So I want to talk about Man with a Movie Camera, because I saw this at Somerville Theater probably a couple years ago at least. I don't remember when the last time you... It's been a, f- it's it's been been a, a few, few years. years since we yeah. played that one, yeah. yeah. And it's an incredible film. It's 1929, right? 1929. Soviet experimental kind of documentary type of type of thing it look it's very i was watching it again just today and it it's very interesting it's it's very non-narrative and you know you're seeing store windows it was shot in moscow kiev and all these these soviet and odessa and odessa right and it's just it's just and there are little brief moments of narrative and then it goes back to the non-narrative it's just such a and and of course the the amazing thing for me about it was all the little camera tricks, and then we're talking about 1929 here, it's, which is unbelievable. It's truly amazing what they did with those camera tricks, and it was all in the family. It was uh, Ziga Vertov, um, whose real name was Kaufman, and his brother was the man with the movie camera. So you're, you know, you're watching someone filming the brother, and then they show the <laughs> wife who's doing all the editing, and yeah, they come up with like every single trick that has ever been used. And thinking that it's 1929, it's just amazing. And they call it a documentary because because there are no characters and there is no narrative. And that's what Vertov thought film should be. He thought it should be a new, fresh art form as opposed to, you know, if you wanted to go see a play, then go see a play. But he thought this should be something new and fresh and exciting. And it was actually, he was the minister of uh, of film in Soviet Russia. So this was a, this was a propaganda piece. Is that right? And then when Stalin saw it, he blackballed it and blackballed Vertov, and it hadn't been shown um, for years and years and years in in the Soviet Union. Is that right? So interesting. We, so, um, how did you find this this print? How did this whole thing come about with this movie? Well, we had a great relationship with the Telluride Film Festival years and years ago, and still continuing. We're going to be back there this coming uh, Labor Day weekend. And they would suggest films for us early on before we had a vote as to what films we were going to do. And the third time we were there, they had just restored the 35mm print of movie camera and asked us to score it. So we played it there. Um, We premiered it there. We played it in Italy at the Silent Film Festival. We went as far as New Zealand with it. And it was one of the first films that we rescored that we had uh, our score on the... At that point, VHS, now <laughs> DVD see. and Blu-rays. <laughs> right. Um, and then it fell out of... Uh, we, the, the print we were using was starting to get scratched up and used up, and, and we got it through an archive house, and they didn't want to show that one anymore because they wanted to hold on to it and preserve it. Right. So we didn't play it for a few years. 
and then we were asked to go to St. Petersburg, Russia, and play it. And we said, well, we don't have a print anymore. Oh, wow. So we actually bought a print from the Moscow Archive. Is that right? They shipped wow. it here to us, and then we flew with it back to St. Petersburg and played it for the Russian people. And it, it who, was, many of whom probably had never seen it. Most right? of whom had never wow, seen it. that is incredible. Yeah, the response was just overwhelming. It was really, really amazing. Playing it for the, the Russian yeah. people that where, <laughs> yeah. where, where it started. Right? Yeah, it was a crazy turnaround. Yeah, yeah wow, it was just wow. amazing. And then we played Buster Keaton's The General to a sort of tepid response. And we're like, <laughs> you know, that, that, that film kills in the States. And yeah, they're like, right. well, you know, it's a foreign film. And, you know, we want more avant-garde. And it's like, well, we never hear that around yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So it was the all opposite reaction. Right, 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 right. So it was wow. all really interesting. That's great. So now recently uh they found uh, another version that had, you know, slightly more material and a wider frame because it had been most of the ones we had seen had been cut off uh, so they could put different sounds on it. So they just recently digitally restored so this what new version. So what am I seeing on the DVD? Is that the is that the chopped one or is that the, the wider one? On the DVD, that's the chopped one, okay, but we have a I brand thought. but we have a brand new Blu-ray. Oh, you do? Yes. Okay. Wow. Uh, Maybe I should get that. Alleyorchestra.com. <laughs> um, so that that raises another another question, which is, this is a little tricky because you're 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 dealing with a a film and you're touring with this if you're touring with the film if you play, if you show it enough times the the i i i i presume that the places like eastman house and so forth are concerned about it running through the projector n number of times right and and eventually degrading absolutely every time it's shown it's like a vinyl record right. every time you play it it changes a little bit you know imperceptibly yeah. for the most part but yeah especially and that's who we used to get the print from the eastman house i see and a lot of what their films, they have a deal where you have to send it back. So it's really difficult to tour because right. you, know, you have to send the print back and have it inspected. And, you know, they're a museum, so they're not on the same schedule as we are. So it's <laughs> like, well, you know, if we have another show in a week, you know, well, we might not feel like inspecting it by then. So it was very difficult. So after every show, you have to send it back for inspection? For certain films, yeah. Is that right? Wow. So digital has been our greatest friend right and restoring it for the digital domain right. do you do you see this going in this direction where where 10 years from now you guys are just going to be showing digital only because the films are going to be so degraded they're going to be so old that you you just the museums aren't either aren't going to let them go or you're going to be you know stuck on their schedules where it's just impossible well more than that it's the most of the movie theaters are forcing the projection to switch over to digital. So I see. I see. Are the theaters there, themselves. The, right. Yeah. Is, are there going to be 35-millimeter projectors <laughs> right, back right. there for them to play? Yeah. Uh, so, Interesting. you know, it's ever-evolving. Yeah. But it's 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 worked out, you know, very well for us. A lot of our, um, especially for short programs, we have a, another DVD called uh, Wild and Weird, which are all these incredible short films that we would never be able to put together for a performance because some are shown at 35 mm -hmm. millimeters, some are shown at 16, some are shown at, at, at 24 frames per second, some at 18, some at 20, and they all come from different places. So putting a shorts program together from all these different sources would have been impossible. Right. Whereas... I mean, 10 different projectors. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and 10 different sources and rentals yeah. and transportation Forget and all that it, stuff. Right. It would be a nightmare. So now... 
You know, you just hit play and we play along and it, and right. it, it and makes it better. Yeah, yeah. So we're able to do a lot of these things that we weren't able to do and show a lot of films that people were never had the chance to see before. That's great. So you brought in an incredible um, package here that was on Third Man Records. This is a a double vinyl of Man with the Movie Camera. You want to talk about how you, you just talked about this earlier, but I, it's a very interesting story how this was recorded, actually. Well, yeah, we uh, we had been playing in Nashville um, for a number of years, and someone who worked at the theater, the Belcourt Theater in Nashville, which is a great place, um, they someone who worked there who also went to the Telluride Film Festival, where we play very often, um had this idea that we would go to Third Man Records and cut a live record. Um, And Jack White, who runs Third Man, thought it was a great idea. So we... They brought in projection. We brought in seats. We had about 150 people sitting in the room. And we played live and had it recorded straight to the acetate. Straight to acetate. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had to stop it and... We stopped it about halfway through and said... uh, (laughs) Okay, you know, here's the stop. Let's turn the record over. Amazing. And then, okay, ready, go. And it was really interesting. You know, these guys are like super high-tech going back in time to this kind of low-tech stuff. It was a really interesting um, situation that they have going on there. Well, let's let's play a little bit of this of this record. This is side, side B. We don't know where we are in the movie. We have no right? idea where we are in the movie. Right, but let's just play some of this, and then we'll talk about, you know, the process a little bit of how this was, how you came about uh, composing this. This is a uh, man with the movie camera uh, composed and performed live by Alloy Orchestra. Terry Donahue's here. This is WZBC Free Association.
that's a man with the movie camera, Alloy Orchestra, performing live there, uh, recorded in in Nashville or recorded in Nashville, in Nashville yeah, Third yeah. Man Studios. And that's a that's an amazing uh, recording, you know, considering that all the all the things going on and while while you guys are performing live. So, do you want to talk about a little bit about? The, the, the process of composing for a film like this, because this one is a little, I know all the films are a little different. I, I, I've seen a few of your films, mm-hmm. but this is one where it would seem to be a little tricky because it's not a, a, a narrative. How do, you, how do you begin to tackle a, a thing like this where it's just so all over the place? Well, the hardest part, you know, when you first watch it silent and you're looking at it, like, especially this film, it's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Yeah, and that right. happens with every film. And then once you get going. But this one was a little bit different than any of the others in that when we were about to start scoring it, they had discovered Vertov's original notes. Uh, so we were... We had access to these original notes for the first time. Wow. I, I and what, are these notes, what do these notes look like? Well, he was a junk noise percussionist himself he was a noise musician and he was into all this crazy stuff uh one example was i want the sound of water dripping into an abyss it's like all right i don't know if we can do that but i like the idea um uh-huh. you know radio he's into the shortwave radio so there's uh you know we we introduce a lot of shortwave radio stuff uh there's a scene where he has in the movie, there's a little junk percussion setup where there's a, a tin plate right. and a washboard and some bottles and spoons. And, and Ken Winokur, one of the members, also sets up that same thing. So when you see that, he plays that. Uh, so what? But, but it was also, being a propaganda piece, a lot of his ideas were popular music from Russia from 1929. Merry music, happy. This was a joyous thing for him. Right. By the time we got our hands on it and the whole um, Soviet Union thing, you know, a lot of time had <laughs> passed, so we kind of looked at it a little bit differently. Sure. And plus we didn't know the, all these popular tunes, nor did we want to learn them. Right. Uh, but what it did was it broke up the film for us. You know, this this section starts here and ends here. So did he give times on there or it was more uh, more like scenes, you scenes. know, yeah, in this scene this happens, you know. So by virtue of the notes you kind of had scene by scene that you right. could that you could break it down. And that's what really did it for Interesting. us. So uh we were we had a couple scholars in there with us. Um uh Yuri Savian who was at in uh University of Chicago, I believe, and he's a um preeminent Vertov scholar and Paolo Kerkiusai, who was from the George Eastman House, they came and they were um, encouraging us because we, you know, tried to play underneath it and behind it, you know, which you may not believe with our drunk setup and, and our aggressive sort of style, but we were trying to underscore it and they just kept saying, no, more, more, louder, more, faster, more, what else can you do? And, and so with their encouragement, you know, that's what we did. So it's very bold. Of, it's a very bold score. Yeah, yeah it is. But yeah. we've had so many uh, film professors come up to us at shows and say, "God, thank you, thank you for putting your score on this." I have to teach this every semester, and and finally the kids are staying awake. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So hopefully, hopefully it yeah. goes beyond actually staying awake. But no, I, I get it's that. It's very exciting. Really yeah, it. yeah, it's very exciting. It's it's got to propel. It propels the thing forward, and and. You know, there are, it's interesting, there are scenes, you know, like in the beginning you have this sort of, there's almost like an overture in the beginning. Right. And then it goes into another scene, and then there's, and then there's this scene with the train, and that's, that's really interesting with the, with the, uh, the snare. Yep. And so there's, there's sort of, 
it, it seems that you get you guys have put together some melodies for for scenes, and then there's certain bits of action that you'll play to. But you're not really playing to action. You know that's true of of most of your films, right? You're not really playing to action. You're 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 really developing melodies for scenes. Well, it depends on the film. Okay. Because each film, each film takes us in a different situation. Um, he did want a, a, an overture at the beginning, so that's what we did. So there's I like see. a minute and a half of black. He did want that. Yeah, the director. Yeah, that was one that. thing he wanted. So we went with that. There was a minute and a half of, of black that we did. Um, but yeah, certain things trigger certain things. I mean, you, right. you hear, you see a train. <laughs> and you know it's you easy to, to it, you right. play with the train. Um, so playing to action made me think of uh, the best example. I think is again Buster Keaton's The General. Oh, I see. Where yeah. the train, we were like, oh my god, there's train all through this thing. Are we gonna you know completely step on this? Are we gonna you know you know crush this train into the ground? But yeah. right in the first the first title, it said Buster has two loves. You know the girl. And the train. It's like, okay, that gives oh, us free reign. Now the yeah. train is the third main character. Yeah, right. So now the trick is to try to make the train sound a little different because there's train going on for an hour and a half. So there's the good train and the bad train and the happy train and the you know, the bad guy train and the chase train and the, you know, I'm chasing you and you're chasing me. And so right. trying to, all these weird, subtle little differences trying to make them all have their own The darker train and the lighter train and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And there's a million of them. So. Right. Um, so a character is not just a person, but can also be, you know, the, the train or, or whatever, whatever the motif is in the movie. Right, right. That's yeah, interesting. But the the, you know, the beautiful beautiful thing about scoring these films, one is the directors are all dead, so they can't tell us what to do. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Two is the three of us, uh, Ken Winokur, myself, and Roger Miller. All come from different sort of different musical backgrounds, even though we met each other in the rock scene years ago in Boston. But there, you know, we all have different ideas and different inputs, and the way we score is completely collaboratively, which I think is different than most people score films. It's usually one person right, writing yeah. it down, right. and then everyone else playing. So how does that work? You guys are three in a room. You you watch it together, sort of without without the instruments is that right and then you kind of discuss it how does that how does it work well we sit down and we watch it together and there's really not that much discussion we just you know we're all (laughs) we used to all just take notes for the first five minutes and and then and then you know you realize that's that's not going to help just throw it away just watch the movie get the feel of the movie get the rhythm of the movie you know try to get the subtleties in your mind of you know where it's going and and then we Generally, skip through the uh, opening credits and start with the first scene. Um, we just started working on our newest film called Variete, which is a, a German film, which is um, really melodramatic circus film that starts off in a prison. So it's like, okay, that's that's nice and easy. Just get as you know, get as gritty and and, and depressed as we possibly can. And then you get a, you know, the, the the hardest part is making that first sound. You know, what's the first note going to be? Interesting. And once you come up with, either Roger comes up with the sound he's going to use on the synthesizer, or, you know, once the mood is established, then it's a matter of, okay, how long does this scene go? What, you know, mm-hmm. what shifts do you have to do within right. this scene? And then we record our basic idea, go to the next scene, record a basic idea, and that's when the discussion starts happening you know it's like oh i see um there was a scene in particular where um emil yannings who is the the star in this film 
he's really bummed out. <laughs> and he goes into this bar, and everyone else is happy. You know, you see the little band playing, and you know, and it's a jolly little tune. But he is really bummed out. So, how do you play that? Do you do you, do you play him, or do you play the bar, or do you f- ideally find a way to to mix the two? And I see. Yeah. So that's when the discussions really come in, or you know, we have to. There has to be a dramatic change here. Um, a lot of times the f- film will just take us naturally. What we really like is um, you just play. We haven't said anything. They turn the movie on. We've played for about five, six, seven minutes. And then th- the scene ends and we just look at each other and say, okay, that there's works. Scene. There's, there's a the, scene. There's, right, yeah, there's right. the whole scene. It just comes right. naturally. Right. That's and, interesting because when you're looking at a silent film, it's really coming down to what are the scenes, I would right. imagine. Like you have to figure out, well, what are the scenes first? Right. And then... What's the mood of the scene, and you know that's 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 really it's really kind of breaking it down organizationally, right? And then try to, begin. and then how do you know how do you keep it interesting, and how do you change sounds? Because I right. think, you know, as much as I love a lot of the piano players, um, and solo artists that play to these films, there's only so much. You know, do, do you ever sit down and listen to two hours no, of, of just piano? Not. Right, right. You know, I think the attention span of the modern audience is so drastically different than what it was Absolutely. in the silent era. Yeah. I think we really need, I think what we do really helps. You know, ideally we wouldn't be using a synthesizer. We'd have a whole orchestra, but, you know, who has but, money but you've for got that? The, you've got the, the really the, the, the wide swath of, of colors with with the junk percussion and the synthesizer. I mean, the, the piano is like an orchestra right. in a sense. Yeah, so so I, I love that about it. And we should talk a little bit about the instrumentation. Sure. Because when you, what's, one of the interesting things is when you go to see an ILO orchestra concert, it's an amazing setup. And just, just looking at it, you know, there's, you've got all the pans set up and, and all this incredible array of, of junk percussion. And it, where, where did, this is, must have been collected over, over many, many years. Yeah. Yes, uh, and we have a lot more of it, and we used to make a lot of our own instruments, too. We used to build mm-hmm. a lot of our own drums, and Ken Winokur used to build all these crazy, giant, like, sculpture instruments. <laughs> wow. uh, I was saying, we had a we had a like six-foot xylophone made out of two-by-fours. Wow. As soon as we realized we were going to have to travel with this band. <laughs> yeah, forget it. <laughs> forget it. You know, now, you know, as it is, we're, we're yeah. always oversized and overweight, but, you know, I guess the story goes... Ken used to he lived in France for for a while after college and he would he was a subway musician and he couldn't afford a drum so he played on this you know pot or a pan or something and he saved up enough money till he bought a drum and then people stopped giving him money <laughs> so he went back to the pot and and, start, and and continued to make money so that's where it kind of triggered and then in Boston um you know, he saw me play on some pieces of pipes and some junk, and then he started building what became the rack of junk um, for for some local Boston bands, and that's where that's where the the basis of that all started. I see. It really started out of out of bands. Yeah, yeah. And this is this this uh, this group starting with you and Ken has been together for how many years? We're now? over twenty five wow, years now. It's incredible. It's completely that incredible. Is really amazing. Yeah, we started with another keyboard player, uh, Caleb Sampson. And we initially started playing New Year's Eve first night performances. I see. I see. Um, and then uh, a local film programmer named David Kleiler asked us if we would score Metropolis to a show at the Coolidge Corner Theater 
because in the mid '80s, when they uh, restored Metropolis, they put like a disco rock score on there <laughs> with Freddie Mercury from Queen and Pat Benatar right. and Loverboy. Yeah, it was right. the Giorgio Moroder who was the flash dance guy. Um, it was great in that the film had a theatrical release because of this, and it was great for us because a lot of people didn't think that music was appropriate, including David Clyler. So we thought we'd score this thing, play for a weekend, and that would be the end of it. But Interesting. The, but the word of mouth and the audience response was so great. Uh, you know, first night there was maybe 50 people there. Uh, second show there was maybe 150. By the third night the place was sold out at wow. whatever it was, 650 seats. So we figured, all right, that's at least worth another weekend. Yes, right. And now, you know, 25 years later, that's the longest weekend of my life. Yeah, right. That's um, great. And then when Caleb passed away, we all knew Roger. We had all, both played with Roger in different um, different bands and different recording situations. And uh, he he slid right in right. as if he'd always and been there. And he's played in so many bands, Mission of Burma. Mission of Burma. And I just so saw his other it. band, Trinary System, the other night, which yep. was outstanding. Yeah. So let's play something else from from one of these one of these CDs. What do you what do you recommend sure. here? Maybe something that has some some more of the percussion because I think that's such a unique sound that you guys have. All right, just go with the last one on there. Sure. Yeah, we're we're playing music from from a CD called New Music for Silent Films, and this is this is a pretty old CD, right? Yeah, we. It's used it. to make actual CDs, and then <laughs> now we, we we make DVDs. So all our most of our music is on a DVD with film. So it's rarely worth it to put out a separate CD. It makes because sense it's, because it's because they work together it's individually. For yeah, it's, it's for like as hard yeah. as it is to watch a silent film without music. Yeah. Well, let's play a little bit of this. This is from. It says first night. Yeah, this is the, the original first night. Oh, performance. Was. Okay, yeah. great, yeah. great. Well, let's listen to so that. So no film involved and just drumming and going. Great. Alloy Orchestra here on WCBC 90.3.
back with Terry Donahue of the Iloy Orchestra, and that was uh, from First Night. Yes. Yeah, that was the first night. And you were telling me that uh, there was a gong that fell uh, in, in the middle of one of those performances. Is that right? Yes, it <laughs> fell off its... Uh, it, it fell off whatever was holding it up and chopped the snake, wow. which is you know the thing that controls every single mic in the place, and right. chopped it right in half. Is that so? Everything like, went out. Everything went out. <laughs> Luckily, they had another one. You know, what are the chances of that? Nobody ever has another one. But well, they had another one, and it's like okay, plug yeah, in the, the other one that, and go. That that percussion setup is in, in, amazing. I was just talking to Terry off when we were listening to that. That that uh, I went to see a. a he who gets he who gets slapped, but then the uh, the one at Prospect Park that you were playing, the Valentino, oh the one. son of the sheep, yeah that one was there was a lot of pans in that one, and the pans are the, really super loud. Boy, yeah, you could hear those. It was right at the end. These right, pans, yeah, yeah, we call them the cake pans, but they're they're not really. And where did you get those? I used to work, of course, as a musician. I had to work in restaurants. Okay, and um, these pans were. Um, they're pretty big. Well, there's a, I have a whole a whole giant set of them. Okay, it yeah. depends on those are those are the dinner plate size ones, <laughs> and then there's the you know the monkey dish size ones and the bowl soup bowl size ones, and and they're for these rolling like catering carts. I see. Right. And they were the top of those. And one day, um, I was told that they were going to throw all these things out. And oh. I said, no, I need them. I need them. I need them. And and they had these big tubes that they would slide down on these spring loaded things and. And they said, well, we're throwing them out today, so what you can't carry home is going to be gone in the morning. And and I sort of freaked out, and so I took as many of the tops as I possibly could. So I have about 20 or 25 of those. Wow. And they're all randomly tuned, um, which means not tuned at all. Just just <laughs> sit there. And the same with some of our other stuff. The horseshoes are, like, non-tuned, and we have these um, old-school zither, which is sort of like a, you know, a, a cheapo harp. Which is intentionally untuned, because um, what we feel like is with the synthesizer, it's just so damn perfect. Yeah, you need something to to, to offset that. Right, right. Yeah, so exactly. So with these things, it's sort of like an out of tune steel drum or a you know weirdly tuned yeah. steel steel drum, and so it, you know, it just brings everything a little more to life and makes it a little more organic. And same with when we add. The other um, organic melody instruments, uh, Ken plays the clarinet, and I have the accordion and the musical saw, or if we add uh, guitar or banjo or harmonica or whatever, it helps the illusion of, uh, you know, it helps kind of hide the fact that it's a synthesizer yeah, right. chugging away for a And it gives a little bit of weirdness and, 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 and mystery. A little bit yeah, of weirdness right. is our yeah. best friend, yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's another thing that, that's really interesting to watch. That's why I say I always when I when I go to see you guys I always want to get as close as possible because it's really fun to watch you try to hit all those cues. But I mean that must be, and, and this is a question I've always wanted to ask you is that how do you hit those cues? Is I mean because are you watching for picture and you know at a certain beat you have to get over here? Exactly, I'm watching. Works, I watch or? for picture. Um, you know I'm I'm an old rock and roll drummer, so I have my I have my music which is basic a basic cue sheet, but I end up. You know, you memorize the movie. Okay. You know, you, like, you, know you watch so the movie you, enough. You've seen it enough times that I, you I know, know when that beat happens. Right. I right. know what scene's coming up next, so I know what music goes with <laughs> that see. scene, so I know what instrument I have to play. You know, so the more melodic stuff I do, then, I, you know, I'll write down 
um, you know, s- certain structures and, and certain melodies and chord structures and things like that I'll write down. But I have to be able to read that from kind of far away. But it's sort of like playing chess. You know, I have to be ready three moves ahead because I have right. to put the accordion down and get to the saw and then get back up there and get the kick in the ass on, a, on the cowbell or whatever I right. have to get to. So it's it's... I think that would make it, you know, visually interesting. Yeah, it's pre- pre- the preparation. It's not just getting to the saw; it's getting it set up so that you can actually play it. Right, and, and, you know, and it, hitting, yeah, hitting that cue because they're not wait- yeah. It's not waiting for you. Right, the, mo- <laughs> the movie's still going, you know, yeah, and, right. and, and and you have to find a way to to keep going. It's Has not- there ever been a? I mean, I guess you guys do it enough times before you actually show it live that that it's that it's pretty tight. But has there ever been a time live where it's just been? Oh God, I I missed that cue, or things have fallen apart. Where it's you, you're just a beat behind, and and, and then it just kind of snowballs. Or, <laughs> well, we're all pretty good at adapting and reacting. So even <laughs> yeah. though these things you, you have know, to and, be, and, you have to be, yeah, and, right. and depending on the film, some films are more wide open, and there's a lot more room to, to improvise. Um, some films are, are really, really tight, and it's usually the the comedies and the fast it's action. It's he who ones. gets slapped would seem really tight. That is really me. tight because yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of hits and a lot of you know right. if you're really reacting, you know if you're trying to get him getting slapped, you have to know when it's coming. <laughs> and sometimes these things come out of nowhere. Gunshots. If you're doing the sound effect oh, for a gunshot, yeah. how do you time that? Uh, you know, luckily a lot of times in the silent movie, there's like a wind up. You know, they're swinging the gun, but a lot of times it's not. So you're looking on the other side of the screen. To you know, somebody scratching their head, <laughs> and okay, that okay, that guy scratches his head, and then the gun goes off. So you're I not see. even looking at the gun; you're looking at right. the guy scratching in his head in the, the corners. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, there's a lot of you know interacting, which again we were talking about. If um, if there was just one conductor watching the watching the film, you would lose the subtleties that we try to give it. Whereas if we're just if we're watching, if all three of us are watching the films. You know, we're reacting to that film every time. And then they're constantly works in progress. So, you know, they're always ever-changing slightly. Some some are, you know, closer to exactly the same every time, and some have, have a certain amount of freedom. They all yeah, I would imagine that the ones with more freedom, you can actually listen to the band and feed off the band, although that's probably more unusual. Well, Is again, that, each scene, you know, it, sometimes scene, it's, it goes... Each film will uh, have different vibes within the film. So some one scene, all right, I know I'm free to just go wild as long yeah. as we're all back together by Got the it. end of that. Um, you know, But what I think is interesting and one of the best parts about us is that we're able to, if something goes wrong, cover for each other and you know see what's going on and, 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 and be able to respond. And like if the film's playing faster than it should... Oh, things. Gosh. Oh, and that happened. Oh, oh, all kinds of things have happened. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we were speed. in Detroit, oh Detroit a few years ago, and we were showing a film that's uh, supposed to be at uh, 18 frames per second. So I think it was Nosferatu, the vampire film. And at the end of the film, we said to the projectionist, your, uh, you know, your second projector is runs a little fast. He, he was indignant, and then he went and checked. He's like, "How did you know?" It's like because it's muscle memory. Yeah, you know, exactly, you know right. what it is, and you know what it should be. You know, and, that's and, a pretty big difference yeah. when it comes down to the music. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. So 
be able to react to that on the fly too. Right is uh, you know something, but it also wrong. keeps it fun and keeps it interesting. Oh, that's you what's know? so interesting about it when, when you're an audience member because it's the stakes are high. Right? The stakes yeah, are high. Absolutely. It's like live performance, absolutely. you know. And yeah. and again, it's not like a, a rock band. You break a string, you can stop and tell jokes. It's like no, <laughs> yeah. uh, if the strap on my accordion breaks, which has happened. You know, I, I put the accordion down. Now I'm busy playing the drums or the horseshoes or something else and wondering what I'm going to do right. when the accordion time comes around. Right. And no time to stop, really stop and fix it. And yeah, You really have to think three, four steps ahead. And right. That's, and that's and how am I, how am I going to do this with one strap? And luckily right. at the last minute I thought, oh, okay, I whipped my belt off, strung it through one of the loops and right? <laughs> picked it up and played. Yeah. There you go. And, um, you know, again... The keyboard player's ready to react. At that point, it was Caleb Sampson. But then we were doing the uh, Turner Classic Cruise a few years ago, and I was super seasick, and I was green, and mm, I didn't oh, know wow. how I was going to get through the show. So I had them bring me buckets. We had ice buckets behind me, so in case I needed to do that. And um, the way <laughs> we were positioned, um, Roger on the keyboard couldn't see me. So... We would play, and every time I was going to play a melody on the accordion or the, the orchestral bells or something, any time I was in charge of a melody, he didn't know if I was actually going to be there <laughs> or if I was going to be in the back you vomiting, know, vomiting over, yeah. over the side. So you could oh, hear man. him starting to cover, and so he was ready to come up with a melody to cover me in case I, I was in case I wasn't there. And then once he heard me there, he would go back and and just play his part. Wow, great! So there's you know we we do that for each other yeah. within. So it's, it's it's we're really in it to you know it's it's a real camaraderie sort of thing. You know right. we're helping each other. That's do great. It. And, yeah. You know we, the the whole idea of like any band or any team. You know you're trying to make. Um, accentuate everybody's strengths and hide everybody's weaknesses. Right. Well, let's let's tell everybody again. It's it's ne- a week from Saturday. Is uh, that right? We, yes. Yeah, so a week at from a week from tomorrow at the Somerville Theater, March twenty sixth. Two films: um, the Man with a Movie Camera at six o'clock, and the Inhuman Woman at eight o'clock. Uh, tickets available through the Somerville Theater box office or WorldMusic.org. Uh, there's a link uh, to the World Music site on our AlloyOrchestra.com website on the schedule page. And and tell us about this other film, the uh, the Inhuman the in- Woman. Yeah, what, what's that? I saw this New York Times article that just came out on the Blu-ray. It's uh, a completely film. weirdo avant-garde and, French. And what film. year is this? 1924. Okay, interesting. So it's it's. Some of the the visuals looked amazing. Those the those those are completely stills amazing. they they put up on the on the yeah, site. Yeah, the sets are just outrageous. There's you know a mad scientist in a laboratory, and so how can you go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it's crazy. The costumes are insane. Uh, apparently, um, every avant-garde artist of the day was somehow in that movie invited uh, to the to be a, a, an audience an member, audience right? member yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um amazing. man ray and picasso and eric satie and uh james joyce wow. and apparently the prince of monaco was there so if you keep your eyes peeled you may be able to see you probably won't but you could try <laughs> you could try so it was uh you know, just a really wild ride, this one, too. And so. how do you find these? You, you talked about Telluride, you know, inviting you to play. But some of these you guys are actively going out and, and, and finding yourselves, right? I mean, right. As, how is this stuff? Kind as of time started? went on and, you know, we initially we thought 
once we did Metropolis, oh, there's got to be a million of these. It's like, no, there's not. There's one Metropolis. And, you know, the first few years we were doing it, we would get you know, basically told what to do by, by these film festivals. Right. But as time went on, we would get, we, you know, we started looking into more and more of these things and try to see what was newly restored, you know, what was available, you know, what fit our style, you know. We right, need something right. with some kind of action, something we could use the junk percussion, something that's, you know, wild, has some sort of rhythm to it. Um, so it was a combination of, you know, us looking for stuff, you know, word of mouth through the other film festival people who all knew each other, uh, collectors and I archivists would, would come to us. Right. Uh, again, back to the general, and we're doing a DVD of the general, you want to you want to score it? Yes, sure. It's a, it's the, the, enough time has passed now that they're coming to you and... and, and right, a lot of times they come to us, and that's what happened with uh, um, The Inhuman Woman. Um, it has just been recently restored and recently tinted to what the original tinting would have been. And would you like to perform that? So, I can't wait so, to see yeah. that. Yeah, I've yeah, got to, I'm bringing my son to that as oh, well. Oh, cool! So that's cool. going to be good. He, and 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 the kids love these stuff. This stuff. I brought him to He Who Gets Slapped, and he was just enthralled. Yeah. You know, if he had gone to see the movie with just without the without the live band, he wouldn't have been interested in the slightest. It's it's it really true. It was just so so enthralled by it, and so you know, the, it's just an all ages thing. It's a beautiful thing. I hope people will go out to see you guys. It is very cool that you can you know it's something you can bring your kids to. Right. And. You can bring your mom too, and you can bring your grandmother too, and everybody. So you're, we're not like focused on a on a certain demographic, which means, you know, that's how we've been able to keep going for twenty five years right. and keep on right. going. That's great. And so a lot of the you know the t the little kids, you know, mom would be like reading the intertitles to them, and the kids would be like swatting her away. Leave me alone! I'm watching the movie. <laughs> they get it, you know. Yeah, yeah they don't need that. Right. No, they don't yeah. need that at all. That's yeah. just getting in the way. Exactly. And. Yeah. So another yeah, he, he loved it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's really something to um, watch to watch the uh, the band hit those marks and everything. There's so much going on, right? And a lot of people say, you know, I completely forgot you guys were there, which was you know the ultimate compliment. Yeah, in one sure, way. right. And then other people say, you know, next time I'm going to watch the movie. Yeah, which is again the ultimate compliment. And so right. then there's somewhere in between. You know, I keep looking back and forth, which. You know, that's that's, okay. that's what that's I do. A, it's, that's it's so okay much fun too. to watch yeah, yeah. to watch fun, it that way. Watch yeah. them both. Yeah. So it's the multimedia ness of it is you know keeps it exciting. Yeah, it's really great. Well, let's play another some of this this vinyl here of Man with the Movie Camera, which is showing next next Saturday. I'll just play another sure, another bit of this to mm -hmm. to take us out. Yeah, drop the needle. Who knows? Where yeah, exactly right. But thanks so much for coming in, Terry. This has been great. No, my and, pleasure. Uh, thanks for having and me. And we're looking forward to next Saturday. So uh, if you have any questions about uh, how to get tickets or anything, give us a call six one seven. Five five two four six eight six. This is Free Association, WZBC ninety point three